could he do that? Are you on What? Charles Darwin. Welcome, everybody, back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Brabber, and alongside me is Logan Camden. And today is a special day, as it always is on, I guess, now every other Monday, because we are doing trivia time. This will be our 23rd iteration. Great number for trivia time. We can honor Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Devin Hester. Some good 23s in the history, particularly of basketball. So if you're not familiar with the format, this is how things go on trivia time. I ask Logan 15 questions about NFL history NFL trivia, he does the same for me with the NBA. And then at the end, we ask each other a bonus question revolving around for Logan, naming the quarterback of some obscure team from 2005 and on. And then Logan asks me to name a random starting player from a random NBA team basically in that same era. So should be a lot of fun, pretty much always is. And I'll kick things off here, Logan, with your first question. So Logan, I like to ask questions revolving around lackluster Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I think it's fun because you get sort of the worst of the best here. Sometimes the answer to that question has been Joe Namath. I'm not saying that it is or isn't this time. But who has averaged the least passing touchdowns per game by a Hall of Fame quarterback? That's a great question. I love ones like these. Um, I kind of want to answer Joe Namath, DBH. Um Honestly, this is going to be an era thing, I'm assuming. So I, it's got to be some guy from the Stone Age of football. Let's go. Does, does George Blanda count? I always got to throw homie out there. George Blanda does count. He's also been the answer to many of these questions. He's not the answer to this one. You fooled me, bro. I thought that look you gave me he was the correct answer. Is he anywhere close? Does, is like you have a short list? I'm checking right now. Let's see. George Blanda averaged 1.16 touchdowns per game. And the answer for this is 0.78. So he is, uh, he's eighth. So it's a good guess. Dude, how are you that bad and make the Hall of Fame? Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think I'm in the right era here. Uh, let's try, I don't know, dude, Otto Graham. It's not Otto Graham. Um, that is an astronomically low number, bro. Earl Morale. It's not Earl the Pearl Morale. Dude, I might throw in the towel on this person, bro. This is kind of tough. Like, I, I don't know who else. George Blanda was not a really dominant quarterback, bro. I mean, I, my, I just, I just want to confirm. My thinking is right here, right? This is, this is the right era of quarterback. Yeah, he's an old guy. Okay. Um, nerd sesh favorite. Let's go, Dan Pastorini. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. It's not Dan Pastorini, and I'm ninety eight point five percent sure he's not a Hall of Famer. All time great though. Favorite number one on the charts. Number one in our hearts as well. Um, this is tough. Is this a really prominent figure in NFL history? Yes. Bart Starr. It's Bart Starr, Logan. Well done. Bart Starr, again, is in a class of his own here. Just .78 touchdowns per game, 152 in 196 appearances. Part of this is he made more appearances in games in which he wasn't a starter than a lot of these other guys. He only had 167 starts 
And again, 196 appearances. But still, if you just take games in which he started, he only averaged .96, which would still be the lowest. Second on this list, who I was really hoping you would guess, is Troy Aikman at just a clean one. Really the modern exception in that he was just so okay, but was obviously on a great team. Then you have Ken Stabler, a favorite of yours, Logan. Uh, you have... Uh, Bobby Lane, you have Sid Luckman, you have Len Dawson, Sammy Baugh, and then George Blanda, and then another Cowboy in Roger Staubach. But very well done, Logan. You almost threw in the towel, and you still clutched it out. Dude, great question. I, I'm i glad I asked if he's a major figure in NFL history. I don't know if I guess him without asking that question, but it does make a lot of sense. It's not like Bart Starr was a dominant statistical quarterback. We just think of him as an all-time great because of his performance in the first two Super Bowls, so... Damn, banging question. I did not expect to get that, bro. That caught me completely by surprise. Um, Carson, from a guy who won a championship uh, really early on in his career to another one, rookies win titles nearly every year, Carson, from just riding the pine on a championship team. But can you name the only player since 2000 to win a championship playing 20-plus minutes in his rookie season? Great question. So uh, let's just think about recent title winning teams there is certainly nobody from the Bucks. there's nobody from the Lakers Raptors nope any of those Warriors teams I really don't think so really the only piece that was kind of going in and out with those teams was the center position that was never filled by a rookie and the bench depth was pretty solid for the most part as well so I'm going to say None of those teams. The Cavs of 2016, not that I can think of. Maybe the better strategy here would be to think about prominent rookies. Prominent rookies who are on great teams. I don't know how many there are. This is since 2000, you said. Correct. So we don't have to go crazy far back. I mean, you're you're right though. Like the list is slim. There aren't a whole lot of high impact rookies. That's why it's hard to you know think back and get this guy. So he's the only since 2000. The only one. So uh, let's think about some of those Lakers teams because the supporting castmates could be a little bit in and out there, but I really can't think of anybody. And we move on to some of the Spurs teams. An interesting proposition, perhaps, because uh, in 2003, wait, I think it's either, uh, I think it's, well, who came in first? This is tough, but I think it's either Manu Ginobili or Tony Parker, and you're giving me a little bit of a look, but now you're shaking your head no, but now you're nodding your head yes. I'm going to go Manu. Because I don't think Tony was on the first team. You sly dog, bro. That's that's a good pull. Um, I'm surprised. <clears throat> that's your first official guess, right? It's the first I, name I said. Smooth, bro. I mean, yeah, there's really nobody else that you could go with here. Um, Norris Cole, Patrick McCall, Benno Udrick, Jordan Bell. Like, not really dominant uh, players here. Benno Udrick actually on a Spurs team here later on. Like, big baby Glenn Davis, Taylor Horton, Tucker. Like, just there's nobody really significant as a rookie. Manu is the only one. It's sort of an anomaly against Benz's first two years overseas of professionally, but comes over 21 minutes per game uh, in the regular season, put up 7.6 points per game. In the playoffs, goes up to nearly 28 minutes a night and is putting up nine points a game. But, yeah, it's just crazy to me that 
I don't know, I feel like in the NFL, and it's not like we don't see high-impact rookies every year, but just just don't see him win a title. It's super rare, and uh, Manu is really the only player of relevance in the last 20 years that has been a rookie and won a title. That's a great question, Logan. That's a very good question, and I'm glad that I got it on the first look. So there you go. We both start one for one. Good start to the day. Logan, I like this question a lot. So if we were going to do a playoff team from the decade of the 2000s in the AFC, meaning you take the six AFC teams, and we're doing six, not seven, because there were six playoff teams in this decade, with the highest collective winning percentage over the entire decade of the 2000s, who are those six teams? And again, this is AFC only. And I'm sorry, so we're only doing playoff records, correct? Or regular season record. This is if we were to have a decade playoff team. Like instead of one regular season, you have 10. This is sick. Uh, maybe my, this might be my favorite question here in Nerd Says History. My perfect patch of football, my era. Um, obviously, I think there's three teams that we're going to have to run off immediately, and that's the New England Patriots, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The top three by a decent bet. Okay. I want to get all three of these. I don't want to get any – I don't want to miss anybody. So, well, let's think about teams that were really good consistently. Is this 2000 to 2010? 2000 through 2009. Okay. Um, I want to say the Denver Broncos are going to be up here as well. They went to an AFC championship game. They're pretty relevant throughout. They're on the tip of my tongue. I'm not going to jump the gun and say them, though. Ravens were pretty consistent, even though they had like quarterbacks in and out. Like they had Tony Banks, you know, Kyle Baller were pretty consistent. They had a down year when they landed Joe Flacco. So the Brian Billick years are really what's going to throw me off. I feel like the Ravens are pretty close, though. Chiefs are an interesting team. We're pretty relevant throughout. But that back half, the end of the 2010s is shaky. Man, that's a good question, bro. I just don't want to miss anybody out. I want to get these. I want to get these six for six straight up. All right, I'm gonna. I want to guess the Broncos. I want to guess the Broncos, but I'm not super confident in it. Jake Plummer into Jake Cutler into Kyle Orton. Uh, we're gonna throw it out there. What about the Broncos? The Broncos are fourth, Logan. Really impressive decade. You said it. The quarterback play, not exactly what you think of as all time. One sub-500 season in this entire decade, and they were 7-9. and nine. Just crazy consistent. And again, they are fourth, so not only do you have four of the six, you have them all in order with no misses right now. Sweet, bro. Um, I, I want to say, I think, I want to guess Baltimore, too. I don't, I, I feel like I may be clouding myself with their accomplishments in the early 2010s, though. Because they, they were down for a little bit in the mid-2000s. Because the Bengals made the playoffs. It's where Carson Palmer tore his ACL. I don't like, but they were good at the start of the decade, too. It's tough. Um, Oakland is not going to be at San Diego, maybe? Yeah. Let's, let's go San Diego. I think they're in there. This was the one I thought would be the bait for you, Logan. The Chargers are seventh on this list at 85 and 75. So, first off. That's tough. Philip Rivers, you got me again, bruh. My arch nemesis. Okay. Let's let's rule out some teams. I don't think it's Jacksonville. I don't think it's Houston's interesting. I don't think it's Houston. I don't think it's Tennessee either. Ah, Tennessee's interesting. Steve McNair for a little bit. 
into into Kerry Collins and Vince Young years, made the playoffs under Vince Young. Tennessee's interesting, one to keep in the back of my mind. I know it's not Cleveland. Baltimore and Tennessee are my close ones right now. Maybe my official guesses. Uh, let's do it. I've been staving them off. Let's go Baltimore. Baltimore's correct. They are fifth, and you said it a couple down years, but strong at the start of the decade and strong at the end. Screw it. Let's go Tennessee. Tennessee is correct, Logan. I thought that that was the toughest one. I expected you to go Chargers over Titans, but the Titans are right there. In fact, they only had one less win than the Ravens on the decade, and the Chargers very well could have been here, obviously super strong towards the middle and the end, but just a really rough start in the pre-Philip Rivers days and really the pre-Drew Brees days as well. 1-15 in 2000, 5-11 in 2001. That kind of did them in right there. But that's pretty darn good, Logan. You got only one miss, and you got them in order as well as far as you're guessing. So that's pretty good. I'm super satisfied with that, and I will I will spoil. I'm definitely stealing that for one of my questions on, on Trivia Time 24. Um, Carson, I am sticking with the similar question I asked to the uh, first one. Sticking with rookie accomplishments, can you name the top five rookies who have scored the most points in their first playoff run? Great question. So, again, this is going to favor guys who are on really good teams who are able to go deep. So, uh, these are rookies, correct? It can't just be your first playoff run because I was going to throw Dr. J out there and I was like, that's easy money. That's like stealing candy from a baby. Okay. Well, let's think of guys who were really good on good teams right off the bat. My first thought was Tim Duncan. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they only made the second round that year in 97-98. I don't think they made the conference finals. Although maybe they did. Either way, he's putting up close to 20 a game. I mean, few people have been as good off the bat as Tim Duncan. But at the same time, the further you go back in history, actually, there were some explosive rookies. Like, this is tough because at the same time in those days... You're playing less games. If I'm not mistaken, and maybe I am mistaken, I think the Lakers went to the finals in Elgin Baylor's rookie year before Jerry West was there. It may have been his second year, but that could be an interesting guess. Wilt Chamberlain, very interesting guess. Again, though, you only have a couple rounds to win the whole thing back then, so that makes it tough on those guys. I guess as a first guess... I will throw out Elgin Baylor. It's a weird guess, but ah, that's so tough, though, because if they didn't make the finals and you only have one round, I'll still guess it. That's correct. He's, he is in the top five just barely. He's the guy right on the list. The interesting thing about this, he did it in 13 games, 331 points in just 13 games. You know, other guys below him, 22, 23, 17 games played. Just incredible that he was able to do that in such a short uh it just shuts a short span, 25.5 points per game. So he is number five, and you are one for one. And what's remarkable is 13 games is about as long of a postseason as you could have had because that means you went six games in one series and seven in another. So, okay, that's a good one to start things off with. I'm trying to think about what Philly did in Wilt's first season. And they didn't make the finals. And so I probably shouldn't guess him. I'll go... Tim Duncan, tentatively, yeah, I'll throw that out there. Tim's tough. You were exactly right with your logic of thinking for like points per game-wise. He averaged 20.7 in the playoffs, 
only played nine games. So 186 total doesn't really make him close to this list at all, but just because they didn't have a super long playoff run. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So I feel like there's two obvious choices that I've missed. I have to guess Magic Johnson won the title his rookie year. And so just the volume of games, I would think, is going to get him at least close if he's scoring like 17, 18 a game. Magic is at 18 a game. Only played 16 games is just off in the eighth spot with 293 points total. Super close. Really logical. Really good guess. Just missed off. And actually, Carson, there are two guys who have done this in the past four years that are in the top five. Whoa. I mean, that should make this very easy. Wow. Is Tyler Hero really on this list, Logan? I'm going to guess him. Yes, he is. Right above Elgin Baylor. Obviously, Hero has the wealth of games. 21 games played in his rookie run. 34 minutes a night, but 16 points a night. That accumulates 335 total points. Slots him at number four for total points scored by a rookie in the playoffs. And there's another guy in the last four years? Are you kidding me? So... I feel like that means you had to have made it to the finals at least. But, again, it's not going to be anybody from one of those Warriors teams. Man, this is crazy. It's not a Laker. So maybe it was a conference finals run? Who came out of the gate that good as a rookie? In the last four years. That's very impressive. I'm not going to lie. I'm impressed. We're going to come back to that. This is tough because when I think about the great rookies, again, so many of them only had so many games. Part of me wants to guess Kareem, but he just don't have that many cracks at it, which is really tough. Were you going to say something there? I was just going to say, like, um, the one from four years ago from within the span, I think you should get pretty easily. There's another one that I think you should get pretty obviously. The third guy here in the third spot is just an absolutely brutal one. Like, he's a 1970s. I just, I don't know, bro. I just want to let you know that it is a very obscure one. It's going to be a tough pull. That's pretty interesting. Okay. That that excites me. I'm not going to lie. Last four years, dude, this should really be a no-brainer. I mean, who were just immediate impact great rookies? Like, 2018? There wasn't a Cav. And then I've been through the last few finals, so I feel like it must be a guy who was on a conference finalist. But scoring like 20 a game? I mean, dude, Carson, let's not overthink this. Who are just the great rookies of recent years? It's not Ben Simmons. Shout out Ben Simmons. Made a video about him today. Go ahead, check that out on the YouTube channel. This is not good. My mind is stalling. I'm going to guess Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, even though I don't think it's right. Number one, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and that's what makes this question really interesting. 352 points in 10 games. That's what I was thinking. I was like, he played 10 games, I was pretty sure. So, did he get over 33 a game? He did. 35.2. I mean, just stupid. Just stupid, because the guy in second place, 19 games played. The guy in third place, 19 games played. Tyler Hero, 21 games played. Absolutely insane. Yeah, Kareem came into the league and was just immediately... So much better than everybody else. Just truly an absolute freak in NBA history in that way. Okay, 70s. I want to get that guy, honestly. 
before I even try the guy in the last four years just because I'm a little rattled up in the head. You guys don't get it, all right? The lights get hot on you here, and the obvious ones become the tough ones. Dude, I want to give context to this guy's stats. Maybe this guy's more prominent in 1970s basketball than I am aware of. I'm not as much of a historian in basketball as you. Carson, in this rookie playoff run, 18 points a night, 10 boards, 5 assists. I mean, as a rookie, that's just super impressive. That's interesting. I was going to guess Jamal Wilkes because he was really young on that Warriors team. I don't know about five assists, though. Eh, it's possible, I suppose. But also, I don't think he was that good. I don't think he was scoring 18 a game to begin with. That was really more of the Rick Barry show. So other guys in the 70s. I mean, just the great teams, Knicks, Celtics, uh, Dave Cowens. Uh, he was not doing that as a rookie. This is a tricky one. So... You had to have made it deep, obviously. Is this early 70s or late 70s? Is that giving away too much? It's mid-70s, right down the middle. Mid-70s, right down the middle. Okay. I don't think it's a Celtic. Part of me is thinking about the Washington Bullets because they were in the finals four times in the 70s. I don't know if this helps you. This guy spent his career here, never left. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Okay. We'll come back to it. Well, a guy in the last four years, this question has already taken me longer than it should have. Dude, this is ridiculous. You're going to be mad at yourself. Like, Carson, take a deep breath, bro. Like, just clear your mind. This guy should just immediately appear in the front of your cranium. Yeah, I'm not seeing him yet. I mean... I'm just, I almost just want to... Oh, Jason Tatum. And as I said, he'll just appear. Yeah, I mean, Tatum had an absolutely historic uh, rookie run, ECF run, not a finals run. In second place, 19 games played, 351 total points, 18 and a half. Carson, you've got one to go. I'll give you the year. 1976. 1976. So the Celtics won the title. Who did they defeat? That is the question. Is this a guy who made the finals? Um, excellent question. Let me confirm here real quick. Um, yes, they did. Dude. Oh, wow. Who did they play? I mean, 74 finals. They beat the Bucs, if I'm not mistaken. 76 finals. They beat the Suns. So... Okay, hold on. Let's just think about who was on those Suns teams. So we have, of course, the great Paul Westfall. We have uh, a Van Arsdale. I don't think he would have been a rookie at this stage, though. 18, 10, and 5. That's a pretty solid stat line for a rookie to put up. I'm not going to lie. Man, I don't know, though, because these Suns teams, they're not overly relevant historically because it's not like they were a great team for a great deal of the 70s and it's not any of the sons who i've named right no it is not because the 10 rebounds those guys are all guards i think i might have to throw in the towel in a second i don't want to a career son 
who's a rookie in 75, 76, I'm going to throw on the towel. Just, that's disappointing, man. Like I, it was, I have to say it was really impressive just watching you get to Phoenix because who the hell just knows who played in the 1976 finals? This dork over here. Um, it's Alvin Adams. Okay. Now that's a bad miss. Once I get to the 76 Suns, that's a really bad miss. Wow, I didn't realize he was a rookie. So when did he play until? Uh, played until 1988. Okay, it's a little later than I thought. I really think of him as a 70s guy, but I guess mm-hmm. it's because this team he was relevant on. That's disappointing, though. Once you get to 76 Suns, big man, no excuses there. Yeah, I, it's a tough miss. Carson, also, fun fact, he led the, uh, he led the playoffs in assists this season. Dude, but like what? He's in the top five rookie players. Yes, I, I played 19 games, scored 341 points, 18 a night. Um, I do want to give some context to some of your other uh, close guesses and guys who are up here. Jack Sigma from the 78 Sonics is up here. Um, you briefly mentioned Wilt, only played nine games, scored 299 points. Magic Johnson is in the eighth spot, uh, 18.5 points per game, 16 games. Jerry West, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Wilkes, as you mentioned. So you were you know, pretty close. Just painful, bro. I know you're kicking yourself after getting that close. It's so weird because you get to the point where you're upset at yourself for not getting Alvin Adams as one of the top five rookie playoff scorers ever. That's going to be a weird list unless it changes soon. Tyler Hero and Alvin Adams on that list. Who'd have thunk it? Bodes well for Jason Tatum being there, though. All right, Logan. That was a long question. This one is pretty straightforward. Who was the last NFL team to have 60 sacks in a single season? Great question. Um... That's a ton. I don't think Pittsburgh's done it. You know, I mean, like, I think they're probably the the answer at the top of my head just because they had the last four seasons they've led the NFL in sacks. I don't think we've surpassed 60. I think we've been in the 50s every single year. So then we just have to think about dominant. Man, dude, 60's a lot. You're asking a lot of your front four. The first team that, like, comes to mind, Carson, honestly, is, like, like honestly, like, this is going to sound strange, like the Philadelphia Eagles, like with Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, I don't know, I feel like one of those teams, pretty dominant. I don't know why I'm just thinking about them, though. Like, that's a team that came first in my mind for some reason. The Ravens' pass rush was pretty solid. And I'm also thinking about if it's if it's way back, maybe one of the early Giants pass rushes from like the Super Bowl run. Let's see what happens. I'll throw uh, the, the Eagles are at the top of my head. I'll, I'll say the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, if you were thinking of the 1980s Eagles, they did it twice. But no, the Eagles had some great pass rushes. They did not get to 60, though. As you said, that's a pretty rare accomplishment. Okay, so I, I don't want you to give me away too much. Post-2000, though. A team has done this post-2000. That's correct. Several teams have done it post-2000. So let's think of some some logical teams. I definitely think that the Giants pass rush with uh, Strahan, with Osio Minoria, those squads I think have got to be somewhere in the in the ballpark. Maybe a Steelers pass rush from the, from the early 2000s. I don't know. Woodley Harrison, Aaron Smith. Interesting group. I'll give you even one more hint. It's not early 2000s. It's more recent than that. Interesting. You know what? I'll throw a weird one out there. Let's try the uh, the 2012 Niners. That's a good guess. It's not the 2012 Niners. I just thought about Alden Smith. That man was 
filthy. Um, other good pass rushes since then. Something, somebody recent. Honestly, dude, uh, I'm gonna throw this one out there. I don't think it's. I don't think it's right. I'll go like the twenty, like oh eight, oh nine, twenty ten Vikings, like one of those squads with Jared Allen. It's not a Viking squad. Hmm. More recent than that. Uh. I I don't think I'm. I'm just thinking about def- dominant defenses from this period. I I don't think the Seahawks are up there. Much too secondary oriented. It's a good question. It's also just tough. Let's try it, bro. I'm gonna go like the twenty same same era. Twenty thirteen Ravens, like with Haloti Nada and those boys. Not the twenty thirteen Ravens. Is it even more recent than that? No. Okay. Okay. I've got to get this now then. Ooh, is it um is it like the twenty I wanted to say like one of the Texans teams with Watt and Clowney, like Whitney Merciless and them. Damn dude, I am just shooting in the dark right now. I'm gonna make one more guess, and if I don't get it, I think I'm gonna throw in the towel. This is kinda tough. Damn, I don't know. Twenty eleven Chiefs. Not the 2011 Chiefs. <laughs> Who is it, bro? This is a tough one. It's the 2013 Panthers. So just a bit before that Super Bowl defense, 60 sacks. Logan, you're in agony there. Tell the people why. I mean, like, it's not even this specific team. Is who I, is Julius Peppers on this team? I'm not sure. Let's check. That's the only reason I would be upset with myself because I had a vision of Julius Peppers in my head and I was going to throw out a Panthers team. I was just hesitant to because I didn't think they had a squad good enough to do it. Julius Peppers actually was not on this team. They're led by Greg Hardy, who had 15 sacks. Charles Johnson had 11. And then just like a total by-committee effort outside of that. Nobody else had more than five sacks, but they got to 60 as a team. Yeah, I'm not super mad. Like, this is not a really distinct team to me in, in NFL history. Greg Hardy and Charles Johnson. What a what a top pass rushing duo. No, I'm just mad that I, I saw thought of Julius Peppers. I wouldn't have thrown out that specific Panthers team, but close enough. I like the question, though. That is definitely intriguing. Carson, you asked me a question like this on last show about Vince Lombardi. I'm going to ask you about a certain NBA legend. Sean Kemp was a six-time All-Star with the Sonics and the Cleveland Cavaliers, but he actually played with two additional teams from 2000 to 2003. Carson, can you name them? I'm pretty sure he played for the Magic. Okay, that's correct. He finished his career there, starting at center, actually. Boy, things fell off fast for Mr. Kemp. This is tough. I mean, he did still have a couple good years in Cleveland, but precipitous decline. I got the Orlando one. I don't know if I'm getting the other. I feel like it's Eastern Conference. No. I feel like it's not Eastern Conference. I feel like it's probably Western Conference. Man, this is going to be a tough one. How many years did he spend here? Like two, one? I played three seasons, 2000 to 2002. Okay. For a Western Conference team, man. I don't know if I have any recollection of this. I'm not going to spend time guessing 100, so I'm kind of just scroll through and see if any of them ring a bell. No, that's not right. It's about to 
ask if I could picture him in a Lakers jersey, but that would have mean that he won some titles, and he did not win some titles. Definitely wasn't a spur, unless I am tripping. Don't think he was a member of the Utah Jazz. I don't think he was a son. That being said, I don't know if I'm going to remember him with any of these teams, so maybe I'm just wrong across the board here. I don't think he was a warrior. I don't know. I really, this might be a quick one. I, I'm just not inclined to guess a whole bunch of Western Conference teams because I feel like I can look at every single one of them and say, I don't think it was that team, but maybe it was, and I don't know if I want to spend all day doing that. I might just take my one for two here and be happy about it. Unless he played for the Denver Nuggets. That would have been so cool. Um, I thought you were just not going to guess, bro. I, was just, I thought you were just going to be like, all right, well, whatever. That was my plan, but then I thought for a split second I could maybe see him in a Nuggets jersey. Um, it's funny that you mentioned them. Uh, so is that your official guess? You want to call it with one? Do you want another guess? Like, I really can't think of a team that he played for. Like the Clippers? Eh, it's a good guess. It's the Portland Trailblazers. It's funny that you mentioned the Nuggets, though. After he retired um, with the Magic in 03, he tried to come back in the 2006 season. You know, as an ancient, I'm assuming, pretty big like, dude. When he retired, he's a pretty big dude in Orlando. Almost came back with the Denver Nuggets. Um, it slimmed down to like his All Star days. Apparently, tried out with the Dallas Mavericks. Tried out with the Nuggets. Didn't end up coming back, but it's pretty interesting. Then he went and played over in Italy for a little bit. But yeah, Sean Kemp, uh, Portland Trailblazers, Orlando Magic. Pretty impressive. You got the Orlando one though, at least. Yeah, I could remember that one pretty clearly for some reason. As we said, the decline was precipitous. Like, he averages 18 a game for the Cavs, and then in two years with the Blazers and one year with the Magic, never tops seven points per game again. Oh, how the mighty fell with Sean Kemp. Okay, good question, Logan. I'm not mad at myself for going one for two on that. That's an obscure end to a career there, an ugly end too. Logan, this is a good one. In the last decade, five players have posted Top 15 single-season receiving yard marks in NFL history. Five guys have breached that top 15 in the last decade. Who are they? So, two obvious ones, Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, correct? Yep. This is where it gets interesting. Um, is Diggsy up there? No. I'll be honest, I don't think it's getting interesting yet. There's a couple more no-brainers. This is really mostly a question about one guy, but I want to give you some ones first to get a little momentum, get some rhythm. What's the what's the time period? The last decade. Last decade. Calvin Johnson. Correct. Okay. Um, two more to go. Okay, two more to go. Let's go. Let's go. D Hop. Not D Hop. Is Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas is the last guy who I was thinking was a no-brainer. So those guys are all in the top seven here. Calvin number one. Julio number two. A.B. number four, Michael Thomas number seven. A.B. again at number nine also. A.B. was that dude. And Julio again at number 13. So one to go. Um, It's weird. I'm, I'm thinking of like, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Travis Kelsey. Not Travis Kelsey. I was a little overenthusiastic with that one. I was also thinking about like Gronk, Jimmy Graham. I don't think any of them ever – ever breached uh got close here i mean this is a big number we're talking about here 
last decade. So 2011 and on. I'll throw a weird one out here. I don't think this is right, but I, I just thought about him, and I'll throw him out there. Demarius Thomas. No, it's an interesting guess, though. I'll throw another weird one out there. Brandon Marshall? Nope. Yeah, I feel like I should I should distinctly remember this season. I mean, if it's if it's this historic, I, I've gotta I've gotta remember it somewhat. I'm just trying to go team by team, top wideouts. <sighs> I hate when we go to wideout questions, bro. I just inevitably begin thinking about Chad Johnson and Terrell Owens, and it's just not the right era, bro. Like these dudes were already old and washed by then. Yeah, go ahead. Think about Randy Moss too. I want to get this. Um, I don't think this is right either. I think this is a little too late for him to have marked this record. I'll try Andre Johnson. It's not Andre Johnson, but he is pretty close here. Andre's good for a long time. It's a shame he had Matt Schaub throwing him the football. Could have done something special. Um, For the record, Andre Johnson, 23rd with 1,598 in 2012. Oh, my Lord. What is this number? It's a huge year. Let's try uh It's gonna say Reggie Wayne, get your head out of your ass, Logan. It's not the mid two thousands anymore. <sighs> Logan Cannon is a twenty year old who for him could be the mid twenty tens. That's not far enough back in the past. He has to go further always. The good old days for him are when he was three years old. Watch my Steelers win that Super Bowl, baby. All right, I'm not going to waste all day here. I'm going to throw out two more guesses. If I don't get it, I'm just going to throw in the towel. Let's try 10 years, Logan. Come on. This guy was a bit of a flash in the pan. Interesting. This might be my stupidest guess yet. We'll see. Tory Smith. Not Tory Smith. <laughs> Flash in the pan. Maybe like a one-year wonder. I got two guesses. If it's not it, we'll, we'll call it. I got two weird guys that, that did some pretty big receiving things. We'll go Eric Decker is my first guess. Not Eric Decker. My second guess is Brandon Lloyd. Not Brandon Lloyd. I give up. Dude, I had to contain myself after I gave you that hint. I had to drink for my water. Flash in the pan, Logan. Think about that for a second. I mean, I assume it either means he's a flash, a Kent State golden flash, a, a charger. Flash Gordon, Logan. Josh Gordon is number 15 on this list. He had 1,646 yards in 2013, just a ridiculous number. And then, of course, never topped 1,000 again, has been suspended from the league a billion times. I'm not going to lie. That felt like a moment of genius over here for me because it was a hint that was subtle enough to where if you get it, it's props to you. And if you don't, it's like, oh, argh, like an angry pirate. Your turn. I don't deserve to be on this podcast anymore. How do I forget Josh Gordon, bruh? I mean, he was good for one year pretty much, so I thought it would be tough. Damn, man. This is just an L. This is my biggest loss, I think, on Nerd Session a minute. Damn, dude. Carson, this is, be, this is pretty obvious because of 
your team, so we'll get those two obvious ones out of the way. Can you name the top five players in three-pointers made in a single NBA playoff run? So not the top five spots, because obviously they're occupied by your boys, but there's some definitely there's some other guys up here who are pretty interesting that they're this high all time. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Wow. Dude, where'd you pull that one out of? Literally, these guys occupy, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The top seven spots, and then uh, Steph has another spot at number nine. These guys are just insane. So who are the other three, though, the top five players and three-pointers made in a single NBA playoff run? So my first thought is James Harden because you've got a couple Western Conference Finals run in there. He's making probably four-plus a game. I mean, he's the other top-volume shooter in league history. Another interesting guy, no finals, but Western Conference Finals, is Dame Lillard worth considering from that one run. I don't know if he got enough games in, though, because they got swept out of the Western Conference Finals. So I'm going to guess James Harden. Interesting guess. I got to pull up the stats. Um, Harden is not in the top twenty-five, um, so I, I want to see where his like highest career year is. Fifty-two three-pointers made. That leaves him just off the list behind a guy like Reggie Miller. One of his seasons in nineteen ninety-five. Uh, it's a good guess. It's a logical guess. Harden, though, surprisingly, not in the top twenty-five. That is a little surprising. Fifty-two is not that great of a number. That means he's making like three a game when this guy has, again, been higher than that. Although three triples a game is still a lot. Sorry, bro. I get they just went to the finals. Jay Crowder's on here instead of James Harden, bro. That's crazy. Jay Crowder made a lot of threes in this past playoff run. He's on here twice. Damn right he is. Probably the last two years. Okay. I got to think about Ray Allen here just because, obviously, you have a couple finals runs to choose from. I'm just going to guess that. Ray occupies the 17th and 18th spots on here. 2001 with the Bucks, 18 games, 57 threes made. In 2010 with the Celtics, 24 games, 56 threes made. Also the number 23 spot on this list, 2008 with the Celtics, 53, uh, 55 threes made in 26 games. Not one of the uh, top five, though. So what's the number that I'm looking for here? What's the bottom number? The bottom guy is 62 three-pointers made. And uh, two guys tied for that. All right, so I'm pretty close here. I'm in the ballpark at the very least. All right. I just think about great shooters on great teams. I mean, this is obviously going to lean so heavily towards recent guys. There's no way Dame made 62 in that run. So he's pretty much out of the equation, in my opinion. I would love to guess a guy like Peja Stojakovic, but he's not going to be there, especially given that they didn't even make the finals. So more recent than that, uh, part of me wants to guess Kyrie Irving because he's got a few finals runs in there. I'm going to guess Kyrie. Kyrie's an interesting guess. I'm going to have to look up his numbers exactly. I do want to contextualize one of the guesses you had. Uh, you said Damian Lillard. Um, Dame didn't make 62 in a single playoff run, but he did make 59. I mean, literally just missing off in 16 games in 2019. That's crazy. Kyrie's pretty close to that hard number, 51 threes made in 2016, 44 made in 2017. So he would have just missed basically right off this list. Let me guess Kevin Durant here. Kevin Durant's interesting. I don't think KD is in the top 25 either. Uh, you know, typical guys that you'd expect to be up here, but a lot of these guys more in the tra you know traditional mold of 
just you know knockdowns. Wow, Kevin Durant's most threes made in a single playoff run is 47 in 2018. So he's even lower than Kyrie and Harden. Okay, so we're just thinking about great sharpshooters at this point. But like you have to score a lot of points because if you're making three plus threes a game, part of me wants to go Kyle Korver for that 2018 Finals run. I guess I will tentatively, but I don't feel great about that. Um, Corver's most is 45 in that run, so he may knock down a lot of shots, just not enough to crack the top 25. This sucks. I'm done with this question. Man, I've only gotten two, and they're the two most obvious of all time. I'm just thinking back through great recent teams. Maybe this is a weird one, but I'll throw Kyle Lowry out there. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one, bro. I, may, maybe he's close. I bet it'll be close. W- w- which year are you thinking about? Obviously the year they made the finals. Oh, duh. Yeah. Uh, 52 in 2019. Not a horrible guess. Same as Harden. Um, I will say, one of these guys is going to be really egregious if you don't get Carson. Um, and so, yeah, you talk about points. One of these guys that's left only scored 11.5 points per game in his run. The other scored 11.7 points per game in his run. And the last guy scored 26.5 points per game in his run. So that's like 90% of your offense is coming off of threes, or 80%. If you're scoring 12 points per game and you have to be making like three threes a game, that's three-quarters of your entire scoring production. So, geez. J.R. Smith? Correct. J.R. is actually the third guy behind the Splash Brothers that break up that uh, that top eight. Um, 11.5 points per game, 65 threes made in 2016 in, uh, in t- yeah, 21 games. All right, the guy who scored 26.5 a game has to be an obvious one. A great shooter who put up 26.5 a game and had a deep run. Logan looks very happy over there, which makes me think it's Gilbert Arenas, but it's obviously not Gilbert <laughs> Arenas. But any time that Logan's excited, that's a safe bet. Man. Hey, you got to get this one, bro. Yeah, I will. All right, let's slow our roll here. Jamal Murray. Yes, sir. All right, there we go. That's a good poll. I'm literally wearing my This Guy Loves Jamal Murray shirt today, so good to have that one in the bag. Now, this other guy who scored like 11.5 points per game. I got to think there's a good chance he's on a LeBron team just because if you're in the finals over the past decade. But Logan's concerned look on his face tells me that that's not the case. Logan gives me some cues with his facial expressions there sometimes. Interesting. Okay, well, it's not a warrior. Uh, A San Antonio Spur, Danny Green. It's a really good guess. Danny is on here, I believe, a few times. Um, Let me confirm. Danny Green made 27 threes in, in one finals. How is he not here? Made 55 total. That's Danny Green for you. That really is Danny Green for you. Oh, I thought that was such an obvious one. Gary Neal. <laughs> okay. That's not an actual guess, Logan. Hold your horses. Like other great three-point shooters, pure shooters of the last decade. There's really only so many. This shouldn't be that tough. So I'm just going to keep thinking. Duncan Robinson? Look at that, bro. Duncan Robinson tied with Jamal Murray. Both made 62 in their runs. Uh, Yeah, straight spot up. Uh, Makes sense. Other guys on here, Chris Middleton, Reggie Jackson, 
could have been a nice guess. Reggie Miller a couple times. Ray Allen, as you mentioned. Dennis Scott. Kawhi in 2019. And then Jay Crowder a couple of times. Yeah, I, I'm i glad you got them all. I, I, It's just weird, bro. All of these great, you know, three-point shooters, but when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, so many of their buckets just, you know, they, they get in that mid-range, and it's, it's just not as dependent. So these spot-up guys just eat all time in these record books. Yeah, the star guy who's not there who surprises me the most is probably Harden, even though, again, he hasn't had that finals appearance. KD and Kyrie, when I guessed them, I was like, I don't know, man, especially KD. Like, the three ball, it's obviously a weapon for him, but just not the primary weapon in the playoffs. All right, good question, Logan. This is a straightforward one for you, but it's not the easiest. The New Orleans Saints have an interesting history as a franchise. Obviously, Drew Brees far and away leads them in every passing category, but who is second in Saints history in passing touchdowns? Yeah. Man, live on air. Something just fell into my eye. My contact is bugging live on air. This is awesome. Um, This sucks. <laughs> Archie Manning? It's not Archie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it would be. Dude, I only I don't know if I can name another <laughs> I, I, my only other quarterback I know is Aaron Brooks. I know that's not right. A- Aaron Brooks? It's Aaron Brooks, Logan. It is Aaron Brooks with 120 passing touchdowns started from 2000 to 2005, remarkably more than Archie despite the fact that Archie started over a decade in New Orleans, he only had 115. You got it there. Second guess. Not so bad. Thank God, dude. That's literally the only three Saints quarterbacks I know. Sweet. Poor Arch. Poor Archie, man. How bad must those offensive lines have been, dude? Wow. I was sweating there for a second. Great question. Uh, Carson, I feel like this is an either you know it or you don't. Who has committed the most personal fouls in a single season? <laughs> Great question. I'm going to guess Akeem Olajuwon. It's an interesting guess. Let me see if he's here in the top 25. Uh, this guy actually, uh, the, the correct answer, consumes the top two spots on here. Hakeem is a good guess. He is uh, let's see, 24, 23, 22. He is in the number 20 spot with 344 committed in 1985. Akeem fouled a lot. Like He was up around four fouls a game a couple times, so that's why I felt pretty good about that guess. Rasheed Wallace? Rasheed's certainly a logical guess. Just so many more fouls were called. Like, I think, yeah, the most recent guy on here is from 2003. So, Sheed is is probably close with his track record. He is not in the top 25. Mark Eaton? Let me see. Mark Eaton's an interesting guess. Um, Not in the top 25. I feel like I am aware of some of the guys who have the most fouls of all time. I mean, a lot of it just has to be shot blockers who were super aggressive and just made a few mistakes there. Man, I feel like there's a guy who averaged like five fouls a game who I'm not thinking of. Wow, I'm actually surprised that Jaron Jackson Jr. isn't on this list somewhere. Like maybe he didn't play enough games, but he's been up around four fouls a night basically every year that he's been healthy in the NBA. But okay. This is tough. Maybe this is just a you know it or you don't, but I sort of feel like I can get there logically. I felt pretty good about Mark Eaton though. I'll I'll throw you a hint here and I'll even I'll even throw you the team because I think this is pretty tough um if you want it. Pretty good all-time nickname in my opinion. Interesting. 
I don't know who that is. Pretty good all-time nickname. Earl the Pearl. Sick nickname. It's not him. He's not as big of a mainstream guy as like Earl the Pearl, in my opinion. You know him, obviously. Um, but a really good nickname. Like, I think you can pull this out. George Mirasan, of course. What was George Mirasan's nickname? Georgie Porgy. Was it actually, bro? <laughs> no. Okay. God, I'm just thinking of freaks, big guys. I wanted to guess Sean Bradley. Great nickname? I don't know. I'm a little bit lost here. I'll give you a little time period to narrow it down. 1980s. Okay. Charles Oakley? That's eh, certainly a logical guess. I don't believe Oak is in the top 25. Interesting. Great nicknames of the 80s, Round Mound of Rebound, Charles Barkley, not him. I don't know if that nickname hint is actually going to help me or if it's going to throw me off. And honestly, you might think of this guy just as much in the 70s as you do the 80s. Okay. He played until uh, played until 1989, uh, started in 76. Okay, that invalidates who I was going to guess. I was going to guess, like, Kermit Washington. I'm just thinking of violent guys throughout NBA history. Just dudes who fought a lot. I think I'm going to throw in the towel here. I don't think I'm going to get it. But you know what? I'm very confident that Akeem is the all-time leader in fouls. I'm pretty sure I actually know that. Single season, a little tougher. But I'm going to make up a new question that I can get right and claim a moral victory in. But who's the answer? Guess what? You're wrong, buddy. It's Kareem. Get dunked on. Um, Hakeem is fifth. A lot of a lot of logical logical guesses here in the all time category. Charles Oakley is up here. Um, the correct answer is Chocolate Thunder Daryl Dawkins. Um, he did that with the New Jersey Nets in I believe 1981 and 1984. Excuse me, 1983 and 1984. Repeated it in consecutive seasons. Played 81 games. Committed 379 and 386. Foul machine. That's interesting. I would not have guessed that, but that kind of makes sense. I wonder if that's the reason that Chocolate Thunder never played crazy minutes. Like, I don't know if he was really ever up around 30 minutes a night. So that's an interesting question. Okay, good one, Logan. All right, this is another straightforward one for you. What is the highest scoring playoff game? This is by combined points between the two teams in NFL history. Great question. Um... I got two guesses at the forefront of my mind, and I got a feeling one of them is going to be correct. My first guess is 2009, Cardinals-Packers, Kurt Warner, Aaron Rodgers. Correct. That is the game. I believe it was 2010, oh, okay. but the Cardinals beat the Packers 51-45. to Just an absolute shootout. And excuse me, it's obviously not 2010 because the Packers won the Super Bowl that year, right? It's the Yeah, it's the 2009 playoffs. It happened in 2010. But you got it, Logan, right off the bat. What was going to be your other guess? Um, my other guess was going to be uh, Frank Reich um, versus the Oilers. I believe that game ended up, you know, OT like 38-35 or 41-38, something like that. That would have been a solid guess. But, yeah, 51-45 goes to OT, not even deep into OT. The Cardinals scored on a fumble return for a touchdown within a couple minutes there, and boom, there you go. Well done. Yeah, I it was an awesome back and forth game, but also an epic ending, as you allude to. Um, I believe, you know, Rodgers gets sacked, kicks the ball up with his foot. Cardinals guy, uh, I can't remember who it was, Carlos Dansby. 
Yeah, Carlos Dansby catches it, runs it back in. Awesome question, and yeah, your boy knows what's up. I'll, I'll flex a little bit on that one. I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, Carson, I've got another playoff run question for you, and it's again, we're, we're sticking with the Suns here. Who has the highest three-point percentage in a single playoff run for the Phoenix Suns? Okay, this is a good question. Couple thoughts in my mind. My first guess is going to be Jeff Warnesack. I just love. Hey, I'm just thinking. Couple thoughts in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific insight. Warnesack's not in the top five, but I, I believe he's pretty close. Let me let me confirm it for you. Danny Ainge. Just going with the small white guys, huh? No, neither of them are in the top five. You want to guess another small white guy? Steve Nash. Are you feeling froggy? That would have been a good guess. I mean, I could literally go Dan Marley if you want me to keep going with the Caucasian fellas. Yeah, Dan's not a small white guy, but if you want to. Um, good guess in Danny Ainge, uh, 42.5%. This, this can't be right. There's no way Danny Ainge played... Bro, what is Stat Muse doing to me right now? There's no way Danny Ainge played 44 games in a single <laughs> playoff run, guys. Come on. Um, I don't know why it did this to me. Let me pull up the actual question. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to keep thinking as I do. Channing Fry. Can't even get the real thing to pull up. Um, oh, they went career playoffs instead. Come on, guys. I need a single playoff run. Um, okay, I have found the question. Uh, Channing Fry is not in the not in the top 25, surprisingly. All-time shooter for them. Danny Ainge, 1994, is up here, um, I believe, at the 10 spot. Made forty th- or excuse me, uh, made forty two and a half percent of his threes. Dan Marley is also here. Steve Nash is here a few times. Um, you f- yet to get a guy in the top five though. Come on, bro. Why well, just am getting the top one right, or am I getting the top five? No, you're getting the number one spot, but I want you to get close. I honestly don't feel like I've thrown a single bad guess out there. Two thousands, Sean Marion. I don't know. He wasn't really shooting three ball like that, but it's possible other role guys like there's so many sons mm-hmm. blur bosa quentin richardson joe johnson i feel like i guess any of those guys i'm gonna guess quentin richardson quentin richardson is on here and let's see uh in the 20 spot 39 percent of his threes and funnily enough two of his teammates are in the top five from that very 2005 season and there's another teammate on here like outside just outside of the top 10 uh, outside of the top 10 from that very season so Right era. Uh, they were a ludicrously efficient three-point shooting team. Like, must have been above 40%. Okay. I'm going to go Barbosa. Barbosa's a good guess. Um, Barbosa has a season on here, 2006, right above uh, Q Rich, 39.1%. Joe Johnson. That is correct. Joe Johnson, 55.6%, man, in nine games. What's the minimum attempts there? 30 uh, minimum attempts. 36 attempts, 55.6. You know what, dude? Joe Johnson could probably still be doing something relatively similar for a team in the NBA. My man just won back-to-back. <laughs> Your face is killing me, bro. Back-to-back big three MVPs, bro. Joe is a bucket. Iso Joe. Chill, bro. 55.6%, you suave son of a gun. All right. Honestly, dude... I'm impressed by how many great candidates there were for that question. Like, the Suns have had some shooters, man. Dude, you want to hear some more? Jim Jackson, that same year, old Jim Jackson, shoots over 51% from deep. 
Um, Jason Richardson is here. Rajah Bell, another white guy, Rex Chapman. Dude, my favorite guy on the list, Cameron Johnson, 44.6%, like just like right at, at number nine. Rajah Bell, Tim Thomas, Matrix, Sean Marion, just shooters. Should have guessed Rajah Bell, even though it would have been wrong. I loved Rajah Bell as a kid. I loved Rajah Bell. All right, Logan, let's keep it rolling here with a early mid-2000s-based question. In 2003 and 2004, the Patriots won Super Bowls both years, but they did not have a 1,000-yard receiver either season. Between those two teams, either 2003 or 2004, who had the highest single-season receiving total for those Patriots? Number 80. Can't remember his name, though. Dude, Carson, I'm telling you, you said Patriots mid-2000s. I immediately picture this guy. And his name just escaped. It literally just left my brain, bruh. It's number 80, right? It doesn't appear to be number 80. Oh, never mind. Hold on. Let me check. It's not. Okay, I know, I know the guy's name. He must have not worn number eighty then. Carson, I'm telling you, I know this guy. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to skip this one, bro. I know who this guy is. Is it like uh, is this painful, dude? <laughs> the agony of nerd sesh live. From the euphoria of learning about Joe Johnson and his ridiculous shooting season to the agony of not remembering number 80, who's actually not number 80. <laughs> I saw you pulled up David Givens. I, I remember David Givens. It's not the guy I'm thinking of, man. It's... Oh, dude. Carson, I'm going to throw in the towel without making a guess because I know who this guy is and the name is just not coming to me, dude. I'm, I'm going to be so mad. Well, Logan, I seem to have made a mistake by allowing you to see my screen there because it is David Givens. David Givens had 874 yards in 2004. Then i got to figure out who I'm thinking of, dude, because I, I was not going to guess David Givens. Like, I knew David Givens was on the roster. Honestly, he's the second guy I thought of. Is it Dion Branch? No, not Dion Branch. I'm telling you, there was – he played safety a little bit for the Pats in this era – you're looking him up in basketball reference right now. Oh. Dude, you know, these sports reference pages just kind of mend together at, at certain points. Who am I thinking of, bro? It's a prominent, pretty prominent figure. I'm going to read out the next closest options for the people. So, Givens had 874 in 2004. Dion Branch had the high, second highest total, 803 in 2003. And David Patton, may he rest in peace, tragically just passed away, had 800 in 2004. Number 80, still not coming up, huh, Logan? No, it is number 80. It's Troy Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah, Troy Brown was the best receiver of the Patriots of this era. That's why I thought you were going to guess him right away. I didn't realize he wore 80, but he was no longer so good on these teams. Damn. Now it was number 80, though. I know I wasn't tripping Troy Brown. That was going to be my guess. It's going to be wrong. (laughs) It's going to be my guess, though. Okay. Good for David Givens. Good for him, bruh. Nobody ever brings him up. Truly an all-time all-time receiver of the 2000s, you know? Bro, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, Carson, 
I've asked you a question about scoring off the bench in a single season. Ricky Pierce holds that record, most points scored in a single season off the bench. Who holds the record for most assists off the bench in a single season? God, I love this question. Okay, this is phenomenal stuff. I've got a few thoughts here. Oh, this is phenomenal stuff, Logan. My first thought is Andre Miller. Not correct, but I just did not expect you to pull that out your behind, bro. 403 for Andre Miller. Top four uh, in the number four spot. Great guess. I just, I mean, honestly, more impressive than the correct answer. Really? Interesting. This is tough because, like, I can think of all the mediocre big assist guys. How many of them weren't starting, though? Doc Rivers? Let's see. He's not in the top five, but he may be close. Let's see. Doc Rivers not in the top 25. Interesting guess, though. Hold up. Sorry, bro. Not to cut you off. Andre Miller. On here twice. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Andre Miller was diamond, but he was never actually that good. Jason Williams? Interesting guess. Off the bench a lot of his career. Um, not in the top 25, though. I feel like there's somebody kind of obvious who I'm missing here, and I would really like to acquaint myself with that man, if possible. Uh, no, I was going to guess Norm Nixon, but he was still always starting with Magic, and then into the Clippers, he was always starting, to my knowledge. Dude, like... What's the number? The guy probably averaged like six assists a game or something? Eight. Bruh. All right. This is ridiculous. Part of me wants to ask for an era, but I don't want to do that because I feel like I should be able to get this. Eight assists a game off the bench? Are you kidding me? Who is this maestro? What a savant. What a basketball genius. Eight assists a game? Good gravy, Miss Maisie. Wowza. This guy could hoop. I'm, man, like, part of me wants to say Rajon Rondo, but no, there's no way he ever got up to eight in a season in which he wasn't starting. There haven't been that many years in which he wasn't starting. I don't want to guess that because I don't think it's right. I guess I'll guess it, but I don't like it. No. Was this guy ever, like, an all-star? Did he ever have, like, a high peak? Yeah, his peak was pretty high. This dude wants me to guess Magic Johnson. His peak was pretty high? Yeah. Maybe, maybe just like one of the greatest point guards all time. Who didn't start at one point? Like, I don't know. John Stockton always started, to my knowledge. Unless he didn't. Jason Kidd? He came in the league and was really good right away. Maybe it is Stockton. Is it John Stockton? It is John Stockton. Uh, backed up Ricky Green uh, for his first few seasons in Utah. Eight assists a night in 1987. He also has another season in 1985. He averaged, what is it, four and a half? Still high enough off the bench to be up here. You know who's in second place, Carson? And I thought about just limiting this to 2,000. TJ McConnell. Wow. That would have been a great question. Dude, 6.6 .6 assists per game. Like, that's nuts. Also up here, Jarrett Jack with the Warriors in 2013. Sam Cassell, 95 with the Rockets. Lou Will in 2019 with the Clippers. Um, 
a lot of really good point guards on here. But yeah, man, Stockton off the bench for a little bit. Just I feel like it's really relatively unknown. And like compared to again other bench point guards, again one of the greatest point guards of all time, one of the greatest passers of all time, over two hundred, you know, higher than T.J. McConnell. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I honestly love that list. I wish I had painted on the corners a little bit more and gotten some of those guys because like TJ nerd sesh favorite 100% I love that guy I talk about him all the time Lou Will yeah he was up at like what 5.7 a couple years ago off the bench that's a really cool list John Stockton I wouldn't have thought of right off the bat I mean if you hadn't said all-time point guard I mean obviously he's far and away the assist leader all time but it's true he wasn't great off the bat so okay that's a good one Logan all right this is a straightforward one for you so, obviously, Tom Landry is by far the winningest coach in Cowboys history with 250 career Ws. Who is the second winningest Dallas coach ever? This sucks. I just hate when you ask me Dallas coaching questions. The Jimmy Johnson question got me. So, let's think about the candidates. Um, Bill Parcells from the early 2000s. Interesting candidate. Barry Switzer, interesting candidate. Jimmy Johnson, interesting candidate. I'm not gonna go Jimmy. After after we you know, we talked about how how often, you know, how much he struggled early on. Low key, I want to guess Barry Switzer. Who was the guy? You know what? We're not gonna guess any of those guys. We're gonna guess Jason Garrett. It's Jason Garrett, Logan. And in fact, it's not even close. He has eighty five and then the rest of the pack, Jimmy Johnson only 44, Barry Switzer 40, Wade Phillips and Bill Parcells are actually tied with 34, and then there's only been three other coaches in Cowboy history. Only nine Cowboys coaches ever because Tom Landry hogged 30 years for himself. But yeah, Jason Garrett is the only other guy to last more than four years, Logan, and he lasts a lot more than four years, and he won a lot of games. So well done. You went through all the options, but you detected the right answer. Captain of Mediocrity, Jason Garrett. Whoa. Yeah, he won a lot of games, just not any meaningful ones. Good for him. Now he, has, he anchors the 31st best scoring offense in football. Way to go, Jason. Really, really love to see it. Carson, we're actually asking about some championship teams here for my next question. Who is the lowest scoring championship team since 2010 by total points per game? Okay, well, all time would have been an interesting one. Perhaps for another day. Well, I, I was going to ask a question like that, but then it was like the 1948, you know, oh. whoever's. Well, that's why maybe you said a sense 1960 or whatever. Basketball, as we all know, does not just begin with Wilton Bill Russell, okay? I thought about maybe saying that, but I'm not going to disrespect 50s greats Neil Johnston and Bailey Howell and Paul Erickson. I'm not going to do that to those guys, Slater Martin, George Mikan. There's a rich history to be explored of 50s basketball. Bob Pettit, who was racist, actually, so not as big of a po as a Bob Pettit guy. All right. What was the question? Just kidding. I remember. Okay. Lowest scoring champion since 2010. Interesting. Well, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. That's not one of the super recent teams. My first thought... Is that it's either, well, does 2010 count here? Yes. I mean, my first thought is definitely the 2010 Lakers, but it has to be either them or 
the 2011 Mavs or the 2012 Heat. I think it's one of those three, and I think it's the 2010 Lakers. You correctly identified the top three. The Lakers are in that second spot, though. Or, no, excuse me, in that third spot. Well, that's interesting. I don't want to get it on my third try. I want to get it on my second try here. That surprises me, though. I mean, those finals were just ugly, ugly stuff. Okay. I mean, at this point, we're just picking straws, basically. Mavs had a really good offense. So did the Heat. But, again, it was just a slower era. I'm going to go the 2011 Mavs. Damn. Oh, you get it on your third try. You identified the no, top no, no, three. I'd like to guess the 2018 Warriors, please. Literally the worst possible guess you could have had, bro. I'd like to guess the 2016 Warriors, please. You want to guess the 2021 Bucks while you're at it? Yes. I, I mean, really impressive that you got the top three off the bat. The Lakers, 101.7 points per game. The Mavs, 102. Miami Heat, under 100 at 98.5 points per game. Also interesting that their uh, lowest team in recent memory, the Lakers, like 2020, 113.4. But look at that, man. Ten years. That's a 15-point, you know, per-game increase in just overall basketball. Pretty impressive you got the top three, though. Don't, don't be too hard on yourself, bro. And the Lakers were an average regular season offense. Like, that's ridiculous. That's interesting. So this was playoff scoring average or regular season scoring average? This was regular season scoring average. Okay, that's what I thought. 98.5. Wow. That's a low number. Yeah, I really thought about guessing the Heat, but obviously I didn't. So I'll take a bronze medal there. All right, Logan. This is a great question if you ask me. Matthew Stafford holds nine of the top 12 single season passing yard marks in Lions history. Only one other guy holds multiple of those top 12 spots. Who is he? I love this question. I absolutely love it. It's tough as shit, though. I'm not going to lie. Scott Mitchell. It's not Scott Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, try naming another Lions quarterback. All right. Uh, let's let's run off a couple. John Kitna. It's John Kitna, Logan. Those are the two guys who occupy the other three spots. It's not a particularly pretty list. Scott Mitchell is the only guy other than Stafford with a top five spot. He had 44, excuse me, 4,300 plus yards in 95. But John Kitna in 06 and 07 topped 4,000 yards twice, uh, but had negative touchdown interception ratios both years. And they were three and 11, three and 13 and seven and nine. So not great, but it's the best the Lions have got, I guess. John Kitna has just had one of the weirdest NFL careers I, I can think of, bro. He's played everywhere. Cincinnati, Dallas, like, he played Seattle. This MF played everywhere. I didn't know he ever surpassed 4,000 yards, though. You want to hear some other names in the top 20 here? Joey Harrington, twice. Sean Hill. <laughs> Gary Danielson, twice. Ooh. Gary Danielson. It is a lowly, lowly list. Eric Hipple, remember that is? Yeah, it's not a great group of guys. Charlie Batch didn't make the cut. Charlie Batch is 25th, 2,489. So there you have it. Go Lions. Great franchise. They're in a great spot too, aren't they? Oh, they're going to win a lot of games this year. Dude, Jared Goff is going to be pretty high up. Good for him. He'll be top five right off the bat probably, or top ten for sure. Dude, Jared Goff could literally become like the third best quarterback in Lions history. He could become the second best. Yeah, Bobby Lane was pretty good. Bobby Lane. <laughs> Man, that's a great question. I love those questions like that. And I'm going to ask a certain style of question that I do here on Nerd Sesh Carson. Dirk Nowitzki 
Averaged 20 points per game for 13 uh, seasons, Carson Brewer. Can you name the uh, sole teammate to average 20 points per game alongside the big German? I don't know why I said that question like that. <laughs> that was so weird phrased. Why did I make those weird pauses? I don't know, man. I'm running on fumes right now. Bro, that was so funny. <laughs> the way you hit the Carson Brewer. The big German, I'm pretty sure it's Josh Howard. Oh, great guess, dude. Josh Howard literally averaged 19.9 points per game, bro. I was so confident in that. I was so confident in that. Who else is it? It's not Jason Terry. There are so many guys that averaged 19 points per game alongside Dirk. Jason Terry is one of them. Wow, dude. I was actually so confident in Josh Howard. Unbelievable. Okay. 19.9? I mean, like... Sean Marion didn't do it. That page I didn't do it. Like I'm thinking about guys from those championship teams. It's not going to be any of them. It has to be early 2000s, but it's not Steve Nash. Boy, oh boy. This is a little bit rough. It's a little bit rough. Man. Like there were some buckets on the Mavs in the mid-late 90s, like when you have Jim Jackson and Rolando Blackman and in the 80s, Mark Aguirre. There have been a lot of guys who could score in Matt's history, honestly. But alongside Dirk? Boy. Boy, oh boy. God, I was so confident Josh Howard was going to hit. This is tough. This is really tough. Like, I'm just trying to think about what position it could even be. Uh, in the Steve Nash days... Oh, it's obviously Rafe LaFrance. Tremendous guess. It's actually um, oh, what was that guy's name? It wasn't. Did Diop start on those on those Mavs like that 06 championship team? The Sagna job, baby. I don't feel great about this, but Jerry Stackhouse. That's a that's actually a really interesting guess. I've I'm gonna look that up. St Stack got buckets. Inefficient as shit, but he damn sure got buckets. Let's see, 05 to 09, he was with the Mavs. Uh, a little past his prime, 15 points per game was his highest. Good guess, though. Um, God, absolute bucket in Detroit, if you ask me. Yeah, if you like guys who shoot 39.8% from the field. Okay. I thought that he was probably a little past his prime there, but I figured I might as well throw it out. Am I spacing on somebody? Like, is this going to be later in Dirk's career than I thought? No, you, you're, you're on the right track. Okay. Well. Although I will say, I, I don't know if you're going to guess this guy. Monte Ellis averaged 19 points per game one season with Dirk. Well, I wouldn't have guessed him because that was obviously later. But, wow, good for Monte, man. Guy got buckets, just not very efficiently. And he didn't really do anything else. But he was a bucket. This is like... I don't feel like I have good guesses left in me. I'm thinking about Quentin Richardson. There's no way, no chance at all. Shout out Quentin Richardson, though. He was a bucket for the Clips and the Suns. I'll give you a year if you want. And give me a year. 2002. This is early on. It's early on. <laughs> ah, this might be a really bad guess. Katino Mobley? I, I don't even know, bro. Did, did Katino Mobley play with the Mavs? I think so. But I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, he played in Texas. He was with the Rockets for a little bit. He did not play with the Mavericks. Okay, well, you swing some and you miss some. I mean, this is too late for Jim Jackson, I think. Have I named who it is? You have not. Bro. 2002 Mavs, like. I can give you another hint. I don't I don't think it'll give it away, but if you need one, uh, I can give you another one of his other teams that he played for that he's probably more memorable in your eyes with. I guess I'll take it, but part of me wants to just go down with the ship and shame here. <laughs> You're called, bro. I'm not, I'm not going to force my hand upon you. I'll take the hint. You probably remember him a little more with the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, Gary Neal again. <laughs> he rears his ugly head. <laughs> I remember him more with the Spurs. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, this should be obvious. But, like, is it? I'm just trying to think because it could be either end with the Spurs, right? Is it Antonio McDice? It's an interesting guess. It's not McDice. Um, I mean, did he play in Dallas? Let's find out. Did not play in Dallas. Sorry. Well, that is a rough showing. I'm like, I'm trying to think of other guys. Sean Elliott, I don't think so, in 2002. Uh, Spurs after that. I mean, the Spurs after that kind of all stuck around. I mean, this guy did it in, Maver in Dallas for, for a little bit, man, and almost did this a few times. Put up 21 and a half in 98, 20 in 99, 23 in 2000, 22 in 01, 20.6 in 02, 19.3 in 03. Like, this dude was serving buckets. Wait, hold on. No, no, no. That was going to be a bad guess. Why am I thinking of Jamal Mashburn? Is it Jamal Mashburn? For your sake, Carson, I really hope Jamal Mashburn played with the Mavericks. No, but I'm thinking of somebody who I always think of in turn with Jamal Mashburn. Mashburn played with the Mavs at the same time. Wow. Dude, Mashburn was serving buckets with the Mavericks. That's what I'm saying, bro. I can't hallucinate that many times in a row. I mean, that was the one I was most confident about being a Mav, so if he hadn't been, that would have been rough. Dude, who else was there, though? Like, oh, I've named so many Mavs. And a couple guys who weren't Mavs as well. I think I might have to give up for time's sake. Uh, Nick Van Exel. That's, that's a pretty good guess. Nick Van Exel was serving buckets. Are you sure? I want to keep going, but... I don't know who the third guy could be. Like, I mean, I guess I should say Jim Jackson for the sake of my sanity, but there's no way because after he had that year when he was averaging 25 a game, and then after the injury, he was never the same. And Jamal Mashburn, yeah, Mashburn was the third guy on that team in '96, so obviously he was there with Jason Kidd. I'm gonna throw in the towel, but oh, dude, there's no way I'm not gonna be pissed about it because of the stats that you just read out. Like, I don't want to just let it slip, but at this point. I've guessed like 15 guys. I pretty much already have. Wow, how am I not going to get this, though? This is a tough, this is a tough look. This is a tough one. All right. Uh, I don't want to let it go. I really don't. I, I might remember him more as a spur. But he got buckets for the Mavs? Late 90s? 
and he became a spur? Boy, this is disgusting. My brain is just dead. Who is it? It's Michael Finley. The trials and tribulation nerd session. Also spent time with the Suns early on in his career. Ended his career with the uh, with the Boston Celtics. Don't 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 do it, bro. A wake up call for Carson Brebber here on trivia time. I'm sorry, bro. Disgraceful miss. I would like to resign from my post. One of my worst misses in trivia time history. Michael Finley was a certified bucket. There's literally only so many Mavs you can think of. Only so many Mavs you can think of, bro. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? That's such a bad miss. That's disgusting. That's genuinely disgusting. I guess guys who didn't play for the Mavs before Michael Finley. Logan, who's the Jets' leading receiver since 2000? Uh, love this question. Love a Jets receiving question. few candidates. I'm thinking of Keyshawn, but I don't think Keyshawn was there long enough after it. Um, I'm thinking of... That little short dude in the mid-2000s. I got his football card. Played with the Bengals. Um, and the Cowboys, I think. Retired with the Jets in 08. Uh, he's got a weird name. Lavarnius Coles or something. Yeah, Lavarnius. I don't want to guess that outright. I want to get this. Keyshawn, Lavarnius. I don't want to... Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall are on this team for a while. In the, it, it's since 2000, right? Correct. Marshall and Decker have an outside chance. <laughs> Quincy Anunwa, maybe. Those are my top four right now. I gotta, I gotta think to make sure I'm not missing out. Wayne Corbett, maybe. Did Wayne Ball like that? Those are my top five definitively. I think though, Marshall, Decker, Corbett, Keyshawn, and Lavarnius, or however, the, however you say that guy's name, dude. I don't think it's Keyshawn. I'm going to rule him out. I don't think he was with New York, and I don't think it's Wayne Corbett. They were with New York during the Herm Edwards days. Yeah, they got their touches with Pennington, but... So I think it's either Coles, Marshall, or Decker. I don't think it's Decker. I think it's either Marshall or Coles. And honestly, Coles spent the most time there in the mid-2000s, so that, that's going to be my guess. I, I think it's Lavarnius. You're one hell of a detective, Logan. It's Lavarnius Coles. I think that's how you say it. I'm not sure. It's him by a decent bit, 5,941. Second is Jericho Cotchery. Then Wayne Krebet, who uh, had a lot of his production before 2000 as well. I'm pretty sure he's the number two Jets receiver of all time. Then Robbie Anderson, Dustin Keller, Jeremy Curley, and actually Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker are just rounding out the top 10 on the back there because they both had some outstanding seasons, but only played I think two years there like if you look at their receiving yards per game they're the top two out of anybody in the top 25 by a good bit but 31 games there for Brandon Marshall 33 games there for Eric Decker so there you go but you got it man it's Coles that's an impressive pull and he was the first name to come to you too shut up Madden 06 Madden 08 Madden 10 gems what a horrible list miserable list Dustin Keller <laughs> Jeremy Curley Michael Finley? This guy missed Michael Finley. Don't, don't, don't do that to yourself, bro. I, I, look, redeem yourself right here, all right? We're going back-to-back back with these questions. The truth, Paul Pierce averaged 20 points per game for eight seasons. Carson Brever, can you name the sole teammate to average 20 points per game alongside Paul Pierce? Yes, the sole teammate, bro, I know. Whoa, Michael Finley. 
Michael Finley. This guy didn't get Michael Finley. What an idiot. What a jackass. That's one of my worst misses ever, Logan. Like, gen no, genuinely. Genuinely, Logan. You give me any yeah, Sporkle dude. quiz in history, and it's late 90s, early 2000s, Dallas. Michael Finley is one of my first guesses. And I sat here and blabbered about Katino Mobley, who didn't even play for the Mavs. <sighs> that sucks. I hate myself. Okay. Uh, what was the question? No, I got it. Wow. Okay, this is crazy. Uh, oh, you sly son of a gun. It's Antoine Walker. Three years in a row. 20 points per game, three years in a row. And honestly, Carson, I thought maybe you'd throw out like a Kevin Garnett or Ray Allen maybe from that one season. Something like that. You know who the only close person is? I strike a pose. Ricky Davis. I thought about Ricky Davis. Oh, good, bro. Ricky, like, I think averaged 19 one season with him, like 19.6. On site, dude. Antoine Walker, good pull. I'm pretty sure KG averaged 17 and a half in that 08 season, and Ray Allen averaged 18.6. Repeat those one more time. KG, 17 and a half. Ray Allen, 18.6. Maybe I'm just going to be wrong, though. 17.4, 18.8. You flipped him. Pretty close. Oh, KG averaged more than Ray Allen? Mm-hmm. So I actually wasn't very close. I thought I was almost right on the money there. I pushed my luck a little bit, but yeah, there we go. That's a good pull to respond, but it does not make up for the Michael Finley incident. Okay. All right, Logan. So we all know Trent Dilfer as the quarterback of the 2000 Ravens. But who actually led that team in regular season passing yards? Tony Banks. You freaking unit. You Beast. Right off the bat, man. Right off the bat. Tony Banks, both he and Dilfer started eight games in that regular season. Banks only went five and three. Dilfer went seven and one. And they were pretty close as far as production, but Tony Banks had 1,578 yards. Dilfer had 1502. And when you mentioned Tony Banks earlier in the show, I got a little bit nervous about that. But yeah, right off the bat, unbelievable. I distinctly remember, I don't know if it was like they, they, they went through training camp with the Ravens that year or if they went through the, the, the recap of their season. It's the, same, it's the same show where they imitated Shannon Sharp really well. And, you know, that viral clip went around. But I distinctly remember from that, uh, whatever show it was, was it Billick or Baldinger was the coach here? Was it Billick? Pretty sure. Okay. I distinctly remember, dude, Brian Billick hated Trent Dilfer. But, like, just midway through the season – he just he made the uh he made the switch like just Tony was just kind of fluttering and it's not like Dilfer was any better Dilfer was just better at protecting the football and don't get me wrong dude Billick bitched and moaned at Trent Dilfer all season long like it was a struggle but uh, that's why I remember it man I remember that replacement I remember he still hated Trent Dilfer and they contemplated going back to Tony Banks I believe Dilfer's the only quarterback to win a Super Bowl and then get replaced I believe they kept Tony Banks the year after even though Dilfer helped them win the Super Bowl. So just a, just a tidbit, but that's, that's the only reason I remember it. I also thought it could have been um, Jeff Blake, but uh, Tony Banks, I dig that, man. I always love a QB question. Carson, I've asked you a question about this guy before, but there's actually an additional guy that fits this category. Can you name the only two coaches who are winless in the NBA Finals? I don't, but, you know, I don't mean that you know, there's a lot of coaches that fit that bill, but winless that got there. I should be able to. Brian Hill. Correct. 
It's of the 95 Magic, for those of you who aren't aware. And who else has gotten swept in history and never been back? Well, what was the most recent sweep? It's been a while. I haven't had that many sweeps in super recent years. Like, in the 90s, uh, did anybody else get swept? Not any of the Jordan years, obviously. 99, the Knicks didn't get swept. Uh, the Lakers actually never swept anybody. Oh! Is it Mike Brown? Look at that, bro. Two for two off rip. Impressive. Thanks, Brody. All right, you know what? The Michael Finley moment was a real all-time low. But now we're three for three with our guesses since then two questions but three for three overall okay that's an awesome question logan big fan of that question the sweeps in nba history though they stand out a little bit there have not been all that many of them all right logan this one might be a little tough but it's an interesting one who has the nfl rookie sack record i kind of think it's alden smith right man that's such a good guess and i honestly wish it was alden smith because that would be the intuitive answer i believe he is second yeah, he had 14. This guy had 14 and a half. I was just looking at like lists like this for, for like the TJ Watt stuff. Is it Mark Gastineau? It's not Marky G. Miles Garrett? It's not Miles G. <laughs> See if I can get another G guy uh, last name here so we can, we can pull off the trifecta. Oh, it's Tony Gonzalez. It's Tony G. Okay. Is a good question. I was a hundred percent sure. Um, I was damn near certain it was Alden Smith. Um, Julius Peppers, not Julius Peppers. That's a really good guess, though. He's in the top ten here. He had twelve. Ah, uh, I think this guy had thirteen. I'm gonna guess it though. Is it? Is it the freak? Is it Javon Curse? Logan, you beast! You're we're killing it right now, man. That Michael Finley question was what we needed to turn it around. It's Javon Curse, 14 and a half as a rookie in 1999 for the Titans. And I got to say, that's a really impressive pull because, like, I just feel like if you're going to think of this question, you're going to go through the all-time great pass rushers, and Javon Curse does not fall into that category. Really good peak, but doesn't end up with the career numbers on that level, but well played. I mean, that was the year they went to the Super Bowl, right? Might have been the year. No, this was the year they went to the Super Bowl. That's correct. Yep. Well done, Logan, with the great Jeff Fisher at the helm. The great Jeff Fisher. All right, what do you got for me? All right, this one's pretty straightforward. Not a whole lot of attempts, so I don't want to throw you off. It, you know this guy, though. Minimum just 10 three-point attempts. Who's got the best three, career three-point percentage in the NBA Finals, Carson? Minimum 10 attempts. Bully. <laughs> it's tough, bro. But I mean, like, you mention this guy all the time. This guy wants me to guess Channing Fry. I really can't believe it. He wants me to guess Channing Fry. I'm really thinking about guessing Channing Fry. I mention this guy all the time, eh? He's one of the lads, one of my pals. Only played one. Uh, only played one series. Only played one series. Attempted 19 threes. I'm thinking about Kyle Korver again. Knocked down 63.2% of them. What a beast. Is it Glenn Rice? What the? How? How did you get that? Glenn Rice just had a crazy shooting postseason with the Lakers. What the hell, bro? Good pull. 
Damn, I thought he did a struggle a little. Is he Glenn Rice? Yeah, it is Glenn Rice. Good. Shot 40% from the field, shot 63% from behind the arc. Also up here, the Weed Man, Scott Weedman, Deshaun Stevenson, Mike Miller, Chris Paul, Patty Mills, Jalen Rose, Shane Battier, Rick Fox. Screw those guys, though. Glenn Rice, sick pull, bro. Dude, I'm not going to lie. This is an awesome run that we're on right now here. It's five straight collective impressive pulls. Oh, this might undo it, though, Logan. This is a really hard question. This is a really hard question. But I had to ask it because it's such a fascinating answer. So Brandon Sheriff was a first-team All-Pro selection for the Washington football team this past season. Before him, excluding one punter, because I'm not going to ask you to guess a punter, who was the last Washington football team player to earn that same honor and be first-team All-Pro? I want to get the punter, too, because I'm a weirdo. Is it Tress Way? No. And I probably don't know him. Hunter Smith? No. Okay, this is worth a shot trying to go for the punter. I don't know him. It's Matt Turk. It was, this was in 1996, and uh, he's actually the uncle of Michael Turk, fun fact. I'm sorry, their last All-Pro was before 96? I really didn't mean to give that away. I was going to guess like Santana Moss and Clinton Portis and go through those boys, but... Yeah, I basically just ruined the question. Well, you've just narrowed it down slightly. Oh. Art Monk. It's not Art Monk. I'm so... Dude, I'm so mad. I was going to watch you go London Fletcher, Champ Bailey, I was, bro. Santana Moss. What a screw-up I am. Okay, well, thanks, bro. We narrowed it down a little bit. I, you had to press on the punter thing, didn't you? I was going to get Sean Taylor, too. I, Sean Taylor. That's why this question's so insane. Dude, I I, I was maybe going to try Deion Sanders or Bruce Smith as well, but if it's pre-96, I, I don't know, bro. Joe Theismann? No. All right. I, I don't want you to give away too much. Is it an offensive or defensive player? Or you know what? You know what? Don't, don't do me like that. I'll, I'll, I'll get this. Oh, is it Daryl Green? No. Damn. Do I know who this is? Have I ever mentioned this guy to you before? Yes. Shit. I was hoping you were going to say no. <laughs> Take the pressure off a little bit. Quarterback, maybe? Like a one-off? Heath Schuler, baby. It's, it's not Heath Schuler. Heath Slater of the WWE? <laughs> Fun fact, his real name's Heath Miller. Heath, 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 Heath. I miss Heath Miller. Great tight end. Chris Cooley. Is it Chris Cooley's the answer, right? No. Dude, this sucks. I, I don't know. This can be a quick throw on the towel if you want. Is it a running back? Kinda. What's that guy's name, bro? Is it is it a guy who ran for like like is it is it Tim Smith? Tim Timmy Smith? No. Think about what I said with the kinda though. Damn, I mean, if you're giving out weird hints like me, bro. <laughs> kind of? He's kind of a running back? Yeah, that was one of his positions. This isn't gonna be an easy question no matter what, but if it's not Timmy Smith, I, I don't I don't think I know this guy. I mean I know him, but kind of a running back. Maybe a fullback. He played multiple roles for this team. Damn, dude. I think this is gonna end our run. Good old not Timmy Smith. All right, who is it? It's Brian Mitchell. 
Return man. Oh. I guess Brian Mitchell for everything. That's what I'm saying, dude. You really do talk about Brian Mitchell a lot. That's insane, though. I, I'm still really upset at myself for messing up that question. But 25 years, Logan. 24 years before they even had a punter. The last non-special teamer was Wilbur Marshall in 1992. What a franchise. What a franchise. <laughs> they've, they've, they've really had a really successful past 20 years. I, I, I'm really proud of Dan Snyder and what he's done with that organization. No, Dan Schneider is the Nickelodeon executive. Who am I thinking about? No, Dan Snyder is actually. <laughs> it's Dan Snyder versus Dan Schneider. I just started thinking about feet. <laughs> Shut up, Dan Schneider. That twisted MF. Oh, dude, I guess Brian Mitchell for everything. I'm a Brian Mitchell fiend. That's my guy. I'm in Brian Westbrook. I talk about him way too much. Carson, I think you'll remember this distinctly and probably get it pretty quick. Who holds the record for steals in a debut? In an NBA debut? <laughs> no. <laughs> An NFL debut. I don't know. <laughs> you ask a lot of playoff questions. I don't know. Could have been a criminal debut. Items stolen. Oh, that was actually LiAngelo Ball. Uh, shout out. <laughs> mm, this is interesting. I feel like I should get this. The fact that you said that you think I'll remember it. I mean, it is, it is literally one of the greatest debuts in NBA history. Oh, no, no, I know who it is. Why do I keep thinking of magic? I don't think it's magic. Oh, man. Is it LeBron? I feel like I know the game you're referring to, but why can't I place the guy? So why would you think of LeBron? Uh, because uh, he good athlete makes steal. <laughs> How, how, what's that supposed to mean? He played opposite LeBron in his debut. He played opposite LeBron in his debut. Because, because good athlete makes steal. <laughs> he played opposite LeBron in his... Is it Ben Simmons? Like, dude, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about how hot you are with, like, your first three string of guesses because they all relate to this guy really similarly. You're, like, super hot, but just off. Appreciate you, bro. It's it's not Ben Simmons. Although, why would why would it be similar to Ben Simmons? Is it... I was about to say Lonzo Ball. Kind of, kind of similar play style with Lonzo Ball, TBH. Not really. Like... Dude, we talk about this guy all the time. He's, he's a nerd sesh favorite. Uh, Jason Kidd? <laughs> that make that made absolutely no sense. Okay, do it all stud, kind of a big ball handler. Obviously, can play a little defense. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say stud. Yeah, do it all, do it all. Pr pretty pretty solid guy, I guess. Swiss Army knife. This guy wants me to guess Thaddeus Young. That doesn't even make sense. Right era. Right team. We talk about this guy all the time? He's, I talk about him way too much. Right era, right team? Who did Thaddeus Young play for? Andre Iguodala? Right era, right team. And Ben Simmons, right team. Yo, this is wild. I clearly don't remember this game right off the top of my head based on the fact that I haven't gotten there. A, a sixer from this era 
matched up against LeBron, who just balled out, and then was just a solid NBA player. That may be doing him a little too much credit. And he sucked after this. He didn't suck. He's just, eh, eh. He's a real, eh, this guy. Boy. Wow, I mean, there's only so many options in this era. From Philly? Fascinating, 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 fascinating. He plays kind of like Ben Simmons or Alonzo or LeBron. Honestly, Ben Simmons isn't a bad one. Like, they're definitely, like, different shaped guys, but they both can't hit a jump shot. Both pretty poor jump shooters. Ball handlers, though. <laughs> you seem befuddled, bro. Dude, because I'm just surprised that it hasn't come to me yet. A cat, no, not a cat, a sixer. Played against LeBron and had a great debut. How many steals did he have? Nine. Dude, I can't believe I haven't gotten this. What's the year? I can't do it. Sorry. That's fine. But it's, it's like mid 2000s? No. It's after that. When did you think Thaddeus Young played for the Sixers? Well, Andre Iguodala, you said. And Iguodala left the team in what, 2012, 2011? Yeah, but he was there in the mid-2000s. Thaddeus was there late 2000s, right? Or did he only come in the 2010s? No, Thaddeus was in there into the well into the 2010s. Yeah, but he played there for a long time. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mislead you with that. No, it is 2010s. Okay. Early 20s. Oh! Michael Carter-Williams. Yes, sir. MC Dub. And, dude, that's what was so weird. You first mentioned Magic. I get you referring to Magic Johnson. He plays for the Orlando Magic. You mentioned LeBron. He plays against him in the debut. Then you go Ben Simmons, Sixers point guard. You say Thaddeus Young, Sixers player. Andre Guadalla, Sixers player. We're just dotting all around it, man. Crazy debut for him, I believe. Like, I don't have his exact numbers. I probably should have wrote him down. But I swear he's, like, close to a triple-double. Nine steals, bro. I mean... We all thought big things for MC Dub, 2014 Rookie of the Year. Eh, it didn't really work out that way. He's a solid, solid guard now. Dude, I'm so upset I didn't get that because I remember that so clearly. Wow, that's really surprising to me that that didn't come to me because, like, I really do. Now that we've mentioned it, I think about it. I can see the highlights from that game in my mind. I guess that that really probably is why I thought of LeBron. Oh, man. Okay, at least I got there, but with some hints. Definitely with some hints. Yeah, MCW was the GOAT. All right, Logan. I asked you about the Jets' leading receiver since 2000. Let's stay in New York, or Jersey, technically, I guess. Who was the all-time leading receiver for the New York Giants? All-time? It's interesting. I was just bored in my law class the other day, just writing down random Giants receivers, so I consider myself well-equipped. Honestly, I don't. if it's pre-2000, I don't think I'm going to get this one. Uh, it's kind of where my knowledge base stops for Giants wideouts. I really hope it's one of Mario Manningham, Amani Toomer, Plaxico Burris, Victor Cruz, or Odell Beckham Jr. If it's not, maybe Steve Smith. Just thinking other Giants wideouts, bro. If it's not one of those guys, we're probably in trouble. Dominic Hickson, if we're just throwing out weird ones. David Tyree. If I name, if I name the guy, is it any of those guys? You've named the guy. Manningham. Nope. Tumor. Correct. It's Monty Tumor. It's not even very close at all. 9,497. Second is Odell with just over 5,000. 
Amani was just there for a lot longer, 190 career games. Then third on this list, you have Frank Gifford from the 50s and early 60s. Tiki Barber is fourth ahead of any other receiver who you named. And in fact, the next receiver is Hakeem Nix and then Victor Cruz. Those are the modern receivers, I should say. But yeah, there you go, man. It's Monty Toomer by a lot. Kind of a weird guy to be a franchise's all-time leading receiver, but a pretty good player, so good for him. Yeah, great question. Yeah, I remember Amani being there like 01 and on, I believe, was it? I, I had like 96 to 2008. Wow, dude, it's a tenure. He got a ring. Yeah, 07, he got a ring. Good for him, dude. It's crazy. Just, I don't know, man. Just Amani Toomer is just not a guy you think of among the you know Pantheon all-time greats, but what was the exact number? 9,497, I think. I'm upset I didn't get MCW sooner. <laughs> Some of us still thinking about MCW and Michael Finlay. You know what, bro? I'm really confident you can get both of these last two questions. Who led the Kings in scoring in the 1990s by points per game? Mitch Richmond. Take the mic. Let's go, baby. All right, Logan. Oh, man, you're going to love this question. I thought about having this one earlier in the episode, but no, I want to end on this before the bonus question. It's a Steelers question, Logan. Besides Mason Rudolph, who was the last Steelers quarterback to not ever lead the team to a 10-win season? I should say last starting Steelers quarterback. I'm sorry, a 10-win? 10-win season. Big Ben. No, to not ever. Oh, ever. Interesting. So I'm sorry, was there a certain like minimum starting games here? You have to have started a season. You have to have been there. so like so like somebody like Landry Jones or Charlie Batch doesn't count. Correct. Ooh, this is interesting. Okay, so the first oh uh, the first two guys that come to my the first three guys that come to my four four guys Cordell Stewart, Tommy Maddox, Bubby Brister. Mike Tomzak. Those are the four guys. The only question is, did Cordell or did Tommy... Did Cordell or Tommy do it? I feel like... Honestly, man, I want to guess Tommy Maddox, but I feel like Cordell and Tommy both led them to 10-win seasons. Cordell was a really good quarterback. Something's telling me to guess Cordell, so I'm going to do it. Cordell led them to a 13-win season. I think Tommy had a 10-win season, though, bro. Let's go Mike Tomzak. It's not Mike Tomzak. He had a 10-win season. Bro, what? Good for Bill Cower, man. 1996, they went 10-6 and six with Tomzak at the helm. Dude, Bill Cower's the GOAT. I don't care what it is. Mike Tomzak, bro? Let's try touchdown Tommy. Tommy Maddox led them to a 10-win season. He only had seven wins individually. He was 7-3-1, and one, but I still gave it to him because he took over for Cordell that year. Wow. Go Steelers, bro. <laughs> Bobby Brister. It's Bobby Brister, Logan. You have to go back to the 90s and to a guy named Bobby. And really, even not even the 90s, like the late 80s and 1990. And even he was very close. He was 9-7 and seven in two of his three years. And had one five and eleven season, but yeah, everybody else who has been in there, and most of those guys only started two seasons. Cordell started four, but Tommy Maddox was two years. 
Uh, Mike Tomzak was two years. Bubby Brister was three years. You have to go back to 1990 to get the first guy who didn't have a 10-win season. Dude, those great Steeler defenses, man. Greg Lloyd, James Ferrier, Carnell Lake. Like, just beastly defenses. I love a Steeler question. I even love a Steelers QB question more. That's that's sick. I didn't even realize we've had that much success with just randos. Carson, I said you can get both of these. I want you to do it bang, bang, off the bat. Who led the Warriors in this uh, in the 1990s in points per game? I mean, well, there's three candidates. It should be Chris Mullen and Mitch Richmond. You're going with both or? Well, this is the top two, right? Just number one. Oh, <laughs> yes, I'd like to say both, Logan. No, let's get this no misses. You know, some people will say, oh, Tim Hardaway, he's going to be in there. Yeah, bad chance, you freaks. Okay. Ooh, there's a real give and take here. There's a real give and take here because Chris Mullen got old in Golden State a little bit more than Mitch did. Mitch was out of there and was into Sacramento by his prime, scoring 25 a game, basically. I know it's one of those two. Man, Chris Mullen was so good at his peak. I mean, he was better than Mitch Richmond with the Warriors at his respective peak compared to Richmond's Warriors peak. The thing is, again, he had a little bit of that downhill slope towards the end. I'm going to go Mitch Richmond. Leader of the Kings and the Warriors in the 1990s points per game category, Mitch Richmond. Absolute buck Mitch Richmond was a bucket man all right good I'm glad that I got that one how close was it really close uh Mullen is second 21.1 points per game Mitch 23 points per game but you laid out the exact reason why how close is Tim Hardaway Hardaway's actually behind Spreewell that honestly okay that makes a little bit of sense all right Logan time for the bonus question we're coming into this one with good vibes I really thought Logan that I might have to extend the range back to 2000 and say I can't go from 2005 and on anymore, but I found a team. Logan, who started the most games for the 1-15 2007 Miami Dolphins? You just want me to guess Jay Fiedler, don't you? Okay. I got three names, and I think I know who it is. It's either Cleo Lemon... John Beck or Tyler Thigpen? And I'm locking in John Beck. John Beck started four games this year. That makes things a little tougher. Now I got to choose between Cleo Lemon and Tyler Thigpen if that's the other guy because I know Beck was on this team. That's why I guessed him. Thigpen also spent time in Kansas City. I don't even know. 07. That's interesting because Thigpen either entered the league this year. Yes, Thigpen was on this team. I believe he was in training camp with them. But did he get the nod? Did Cleo Lemon get the, lot, the nod? I... Uh, I'm going to guess Tyler Thigpen. Tyler Thigpen did not join the Dolphins until 2009, and he was there in 2009 and 2010. Is it Cleo Lemon? It's Cleo Lemon, Logan, the first name that you said. And when you said you had the three guys... I thought you were going to run down because Cleo Lemon, John Beck, and Trent Green all started multiple games this year, and if you had gone all three of them, I would have just been in awe. Cleo Lemon started seven games, one and six. 
1,773 passing yards, six touchdowns to six picks, outstanding. Trent Green, 0-5. John Beck, 0-4. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to stump you if I can't get you with Cleo Lemon. That's ridiculous. Thanks, bro. I, I was surprised. I thought we were finally going to get back uh, pre-2000 or pre-05. I'm going to push it as far as I can. And just for the record, Cleo Lemon started one other game in his NFL career outside of this season. And it was for those six Dolphins, which is a question that I had actually asked you previously. Terrible Dolphins teams of this era, but well done. Thank you, sir. And then Chad Pennington came in, saved the franchise, took him to the playoffs. Carson, my question for you. Who started 74 of 77 games for the 2017 New York Knicks shooting guard? Oh, what? Is it not Tim Hardaway Jr.? It is not Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh, good grief. I hate the Knicks. Just kidding. Knicks fans, all the Knicks fans who watch Nerd Sesh, I love you guys. You're the best. You guys are great. Big Knicks guy here. Ah, man. Aaron Aflalo? Tremendous guess. I actually, I'm not going to lie, I originally wrote this question. He was going to be the answer, but I was like, nah, bro, Aaron Aflalo is too easy. It's another player, you know, of that of that stature, but is not a Aflalo. Man, okay. So this era. Oh, boy. 2017 Knicks. Oh, they weren't much good. They weren't much good at all. Okay, Carson. Just go through that archive. Go through that. Go through those folders in your mind. Other Knicks. Shooting guards. That's not a great list. Of Aaron Aflalo's caliber, though? Okay, so that means he was at least a decent player. Mm-hmm. Decent player. Man. I'm feeling a little bit stumped here. That's just such a random team. How many games did they win this year? Do you know? Yeah, I've got it pulled up. They won let's see, 31 games. So not an absolute abomination. Uh, Landry Fields? <laughs> you love that guy. Um, it is, it, it's a little late for Fields here in New York. It's more than a little late. I think it's about four years too late for Landry Fields. This guy, Lee, uh, I just gave it away. Kill me. Shoot me. Courtney, Courtney Lee. Lee. Let, me, let, me just, let me just give you the answer. You know what? I'm going to come up with a new one right here, bro. That's unacceptable, Carson. I think it might be Courtney Lee, Logan. I'm going to put $12 on Courtney Lee. I didn't put odds down. You can't do that. <laughs> I'd like to accept my 100 because I had plus 8.5 to 1 odds, plus 8.33 to 1 odds. I'm just going to pick a random team. Even if it's easy, I, I can't I can't go out. We can't go out like that here on, on Trivia Time. A couple of blunders from the nerds today. I gave away the 1995 deal. Logan gives away Courtney Lee. Uh, yeah. I, wonder, I think I would have gotten there, actually, because Courtney Lee was solid. Starting point guard or point guard for the 2017 Nuggets? Starting point guard or point guards? Uh, I mean, this is the Nuggets, so <laughs> to be honest, I love these guys. It's a little more of a recent thing, though, since they got that Murray fella and Jokic. This is too late for Andre Miller, as much as I'd love to guess him. T- Ooh, is it too late? It's, it's too late for Ty Lawson, I think. Yeah, no, it's too late for Ty Lawson. Starting point guard or point guards? You tricky son of a gun. I mean, there's two. There's there's two acceptable answers. One started 41 games. The other started 39. You know, I actually think Ty Lawson played later than I think, and I'm going to guess him. 
Ty Lawson is not on the roster. I'm sorry. <laughs> I appreciate the condolences. Your boy Jamal is here. He just didn't start. Now that's a crime against humanity. Who else is there in this era, in that tier? Dude, I'm just, I cannot believe I just went, yeah, Lee played. Yeah, let me just, what a, what a, I just cannot believe I balked that. I could have guessed Lee Harvey Oswald or Lee Evans. Lots of other Lees that I could have gone for. Okay. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. 2017 Nuggets starting point guard. <laughs> Where did that come from, Carson? I'm not going to share that guess. I mean, it makes literally no sense. I thought of Chris Duhon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think he ever played for the Nuggets. Definitely not in 2017. But, like, I'm thinking of some weird dudes right now. 2017 Nuggets. Like, this should not be that hard. This was four years ago. Uh, Man, it's like so much of their core is so similar to what it was then. Like, you still have... Your Will the Thrill Barton. I mean, obviously, Gary Harris was there for a long while. No longer. May he rest in peace. Uh, 2017 point guard for the Nuggets. Dude, why can't this guy just come to me? Who came after Ty Lawson? Who was the successor to Ty Lawson? And the predecessor to Jamal Murray? Neither of these guys lasted too long in, in uh, Denver. I believe this guy played three years here, the two years previous. Didn't start there, just came off the bench. And then the other guy, I believe, was a rookie this season. Yeah, was a rookie. Played two years here. A 2017 rookie who played two years for the Nuggets at point guard? Second-year guy. A guy who was a rookie in 2016 and played – man – uh, nothing is coming to me right now. I've said before, but I think these questions are a weakness of mine. I haven't done all that well historically. Although the last one I got, maybe the last two I've gotten. Mm, I'm like, I'm not even saying names right now, so maybe I should just throw in the towel. Like, I don't, I really don't know. And I don't feel like this should be that hard, but nobody's coming to me. I know I'm going to be upset when I hear it, but. 2017 Nuggets. I may have to throw in the towel. It's a bit of a disappointing ending, but like literally nothing is coming to me. Thinking about Keon dueling right now. What? I uh, dude, I'm telling you, just random early 2010s point guards who didn't even play for the Nuggets. Keon dueling might have played for the Nuggets, but I definitely wasn't good there. Definitely didn't start there. Ah, uh, man, come on. I just want to get this. That's obviously Costa Kufis, Kenneth Fareed, Wilson Chandler. Okay, come on. You're building momentum. Yeah, I'm naming guys from this team. I'm not naming point guards. Uh, who started? 2016 was the draft for this one lad. I'm going to throw on the towel. This is a waste of time. This dude really mentioned Chris Duhon and Keon Dueling before he mentioned Earl Boykins. <laughs> it's not Earl Boykins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's Emmanuel Moutier and Jameer Nelson. <laughs> dude. Emmanuel Moutier. Wow. <laughs> 
Boy, the Nuggets have come a far way, haven't they? Oh, that one hurts. Jameer Nelson, I mean, yeah, sure, he played for the Nuggets. Uh, he sucked, though. Chris Duhon, bro? Okay, that, that wasn't a guess. I said I'm thinking about Chris Duhon. I, didn't, I knew that it wasn't the answer, but he seeped into my head. Emmanuel Moutier, dude. I could have gotten that one. I mean, once you gave me the second year thing, the problem is I wasn't thinking about prominent draft picks. I was thinking about, like, for some reason, back end of the first round, guys. Like, I it didn't because I couldn't remember that they had a top pick that recently because he was just so, so bad. There you go. Sitting here in my Nuggets shirt. I'm not a Nuggets fan. I just love Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Still a little bit upset that I didn't get that. But interesting. Yeah, I mean, of course I remember both those guys with Nuggets, but it didn't come to me. All right, Logan. Today, we had some highs, we had some lows. As always, peaks, valleys, just a wild ballet of emotions here on Trivia Time. Hopefully, at the end of the day, a lot of fun. For those of you who've sat through two hours of this with us, well, we appreciate you greatly, whether this is on video or audio, whether this is live or you're listening back to the pod or watching back the pod. No matter what, hope you've enjoyed and recommend you check out some more NerdSesh content. We've got a lot more stuff like this, obviously, on our YouTube channel. We post video breakdowns all the time of the NBA, the NFL. We do a couple podcasts a week where we talk about those same two leagues and do stuff like this, trivia. And uh, we're really coming up on a fun time of the year right now. NFL season starts this weekend. Of course, we've done all of our preview stuff for that. You can go ahead and check out. And within a couple weeks, we're going to be previewing the NBA as well, which is super exciting. So check all that out. Check out the video that I just made on Ben Simmons, why we need to change how we think about him. I thought that one was a lot of fun. You can follow us on social media. Twitter is at nerd underscore sesh. Instagram is at nerd sesh. TikTok is at nerd sesh. You can listen to the pod only in audio format, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your content there. And with that, as always, I've been Carson Brabber. I've been Logan Camden. And this was Nerd Sesh. <laughs>